This is your Anime DJ's Weekly Rundown 28. Let's get it, boys. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, before we get into everything, I want to, to ask you guys a favor. If you would, go rate the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And uh, we want to include you guys more, more of your questions in our discussions here on the Weekly Rundown. So if you have specific questions about an episode or something that happens in the latest episodes of any of these shows, please let us know in the Discord by Sunday. That way we can incorporate it into our rundown and we'll do our best to answer them and talk about them. I'm sure you guys have some interesting ideas, so we appreciate that. Yeah, so, and even if you uh, don't get to watch the shows before Sunday, just pop in the Discord, let us know. You know, we're happy to talk about it in the Discord. You know, obviously, we record on Mondays, so if it's after that, can't really answer it on the podcast, but we're happy to shoot the shit in the Discord. Hell yeah. Boom. <laughs> cool. So this episode shows are... Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, Episode 19, Zom 100, Episode 5, Roni Kitchen, Episode 6. Jujitsu Kaisen is on a break, unfortunately. They'll be back on the 31st, I believe it is. And then we have a One Piece, Peak Piece, on uh, this is 1072. We'll be covering in this show. But yeah, guys, I'm ready to get right into it. Let's do it. So first off, we got Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War arc, Episode 19. The White Haze. And it's like it's a hard fucking title. Ichigo is deemed ready to return to battle and heads from the royal palace, unaware of the devastation. The Soul Reapers are holding out, and Rukia is learning how to control the recoil of her power. So, yeah. like we said, the episode starts off in the royal palace. Ichigo's got some fresh new drip, and he's sitting there and he's like, guys, this is a lot of clothes. <laughs> why do I why do I need this? And they're like, don't worry, you're gonna need it while you jump and fall like seventy-two thousand stories to the ground. <laughs> now now I guess we know why like Rukia and um Renji and all of them looks like they fixing to go on a ski trip or something. This is why. Yeah, for real. I wasn't expecting him to need uh, all those layers, but they said it's like uh twenty through twenty seven layers that exist between the Royal Paris palace and the Serate. I was a little surprised, but yeah, he looks like he's uh, ready to go skiing. Or at least, I mean, or some desert clothes, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. He's really dripped out. Um, I think, though, didn't Rukia and Renji get sent down by, like, the power that the Royal Palace uses to go down to the Serate? Yeah, but th- does it really matter, though? I, I think they have to have it, uh, some on regardless, right? Yeah, but they told Ichigo, sorry, you got to walk, bruh. So I think yeah. he and Renji got sent down using some magic bullshit. And yeah. he's like, no, screw yeah, this They were shit. like, yeah, you can flash step down those stairs. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to take a dive. <laughs> he's like, that's going to take a week. I don't have that kind of time. Give me a day, day and a half. Right. Yeah, especially since he just now found out that uh, the Soul Society was under attack for the last three hours. You know, he was really... Uh, um excited well not excited to hear that but he was he was ready to go after that so 
Yeah. He didn't even know the invasion had started. And I didn't realize it only been three hours, like 180 minutes to do all this damage is fucking nuts. Yeah. I feel like we've watched like what, like five episodes of the invasion so far. Something like that. Five. So, yeah. So, like. That's a solid hour and a half of anime right there. It's pretty crazy that they're just like <laughs> going normal time pretty much for this. Like maybe, you know, they're leaving a few things out, but. Yeah, it's pretty much real time. It, that didn't happen a lot in uh, in anime. So that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, definitely doesn't happen to One Piece. <laughs> Don't get me started, bro. <laughs> Showing every minute of every day and then some. <laughs> but like the royal guard even said you know he's changed a little bit uh he's changed a lot actually and kind of surpassed being a normal soul reaper so i'm excited to see the fuck he's got up his sleeve i haven't read the, read the manga or anything and uh I, I my feelings have changed about bleach since uh watching this so i'm i'm actually okay. pretty fucking stoked yes now you un- <laughs> now you understand why i'm saying i need a bleach kai so fucking bad like that imagine be so nice like, if the whole show is animated this caliber, I mean, it's not going to be this dark because this is the only dark or uh, arc that is this dark because Kubo said, fuck it, let it rip. But, like, if they even did, like, the old funny part of Bleach, like, the really old first couple seasons, like, I think it'd be so much better if it had good pacing, like, five chapters an episode like they're doing right now. That'd be really nice. It'd be, make it easier for me to watch at the very yeah. least. That and you know, get away from the 480p, you know, yeah, the, the three by four. I can actually watch it fucking widescreen, <laughs> but that's yeah. being a little nitpicky, you know. Um, but yeah, what speaking of Ichigo, like, uh, what did y'all think about him, uh, kind of feeling himself when he was talking to Uehara? Yeah, him talking about he's gonna clutch it, uh, you know, he better come down there and start stomping folk off a rip. Because he's I mean, just telling them to hold out, and you know I'll be there soon. Just, just survive. He's always been that cocky, so I'm not surprised. But I think he can back it up, man. Like he finally has this true Zanpakuto. Like he's he's ready yes, to go, man. He's ready to go. He's ready to save all his friends once again, to save the world because no one else can. You know he's been told time and time again that he's the one. He only him can save save everyone so yeah i mean i really do think the royal guard could go down there and start clapping shit but they're not gonna do that yeah like they said it's not their job though it's not in the job description yeah that's crazy which is still crazy to me that they they said that so you know what you know they're all down there fucking dying like you don't think you're you might be kind of next or something well that's like that's my thing with it it's like so you're protecting the the soul king my boy brooke right but like What is he going to be a king of by the end of this? Like, king of ashes. Plan? So yeah, you definitely got to go help. You got to go help your uh, your constituents out. You know, they're yeah. sending, they're sending, they're sending some help down there. <laughs> sending <laughs> peons, dude. They're sending fucking peons. <laughs> Super high level peons now. Okay, okay. It's <laughs> a step above a peon. <laughs> But yeah, we uh we moved from that scene where uh, Ichigo's falling down that uh that stairway. We're down the shaft of the stairway, and uh, Jukurum actually starts explaining you Habara to Ishida, and kind of showing him the executions they they're gonna do, uh, where he killed BG Nine and then uh the Iron I forget 
old buddy's name. But Ishida kind of like pushes back a little bit or really just questions why they're doing this. And he goes on to explain that Yuhabara kind of absorbs their powers and even all of their knowledge and their skills that they possess and they, they get passed on. Did any of you guys see that coming? I didn't realize that's what was happening. I guess he's saying that, you know, they're not worthy of their power if they're still losing to the Soul Reapers. He's not having any of that bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I knew that happened, but I read the manga, so. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay, it's, my guy. Yeah, this is like a key point, you know, in the manga and stuff. So it's it's kind of hard to forget something like this, even though we read it like mm-hmm. years and years ago. So. Okay. I just want to remind you guys it's the anime <laughs> Dijin's podcast, but okay. Hey, man. <laughs> I forget a lot of things, but key plot points are not always one of them, unfortunately. Got you. Got you. It, you know, it's kind of hard to like um, separate it. Like, you, you think some stuff is common knowledge, but it's not. You know what I mean? No. And, like, I had so no we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to go back and add any more bleeps to the podcast, so watch yourself, Tyler. <laughs> Keep them oh. lips sealed. I'm trying, um, I'm trying. But yeah, Jugram also explains that the social society is not the end goal, which I would have to imagine it would be like the royal palace or something like that, because that would kind of like, del- I, don't, wouldn't, I don't know what the word would be, but like delete the social society in its entirety, right? You take it yeah. down from the head. You know, you cut the you cut the head off the snake, and it all kind of crumbles. That's nah, what dude. they want to do, Rod. Endgame is the world, dude. Remember his little his little uh, his little rap rhyme song he did. He did yeah. say the world. He, he did, did say, say the, the world. world. I mean, shit. When you're built like Yuhabaha, you can't set your goals low. You know, you got to go for you got to go for it all. Fair enough. Fair enough. He he's that guy. I want to stash like him. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I wish I could grow a fucking mustache, honestly. I don't know if I could rock one like that. That thing is pretty like I'd be going I, crazy. I don't own a Harley, so I don't know if I can pull that one off, you know. But you could. I, I'd have to grow my hair out. I'd have to go buy a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would have to like have like a little mini fro going at least to hold that kind of weight. You know, it's gotta have some balance on the head. That's gotta have the <laughs> the mustache and the Afro samurai look going on. Sheesh, I beat <laughs> Are you kidding me? I look so nice. You fucking kidding me, bro. Um, but yeah, Jugram also like says something at the very end of that scene, and he's muted out on purpose there. And uh, Ashida looks very fucking surprised. So I'm really interested to see what he learned, uh, which we probably won't figure out to the very end of this arc or very close to it. But I and I wonder if like Ashida will also agree and go along with the plan because he's he's starting to. You know, he's submitted to Yuhabara and said he's going to be the heir, but is he really going to go along with the whole fucking plan? But the thing is, it doesn't matter if he don't want to go along with it or not. Just like Jurgrim uh, said, did he drink the thing? You know, he gave he gave he gave himself the Yuhabara. So. Yeah, and I mean, he is the mm. father of all Quincy's, so. Even without drinking that, I think, I mean, there was that ability used in the very beginning of the season where um, a shit ton of Quincy's died. So I think that was, I think that was our big guy taking some energy while he was waking up. Yeah, but okay. I think that drink just solidifies it even more, right? Is the way I got, what I got out of what Drew Grimmer was saying, so. 
He got that blood in him. Yeah. He's tied. And, he's he's locked all the way in at this point. That makes sense. And you got to think, too, that uh, old Zangetsu was actually the piece of Yuabaha who lived within Ichigo because of his Quincy blood. So, like, I know Ichigo didn't drink that shit. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Can, can confirm that one. Completely understand. Uh, but you guys want to get right into this Rukia versus as uh, not? Let's do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Rukia comes down and she can't sense anybody's energy, um, any of the court guards. So she's she she knows everybody's getting packed up off rip. But then she kind of gets her her handheld for a moment there, and she starts getting a little creeped out, which I would have been too. Yeah, Homeboy's kind of a specter <laughs> type type beast. He's fucking uh, terrifying. I mean, yeah, even with the gimp mask on, he's it, a little terrifying. His Quincy name is Fear, so he's definitely doing work and what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, touch, touching your hand, whispering in your ear, but you can't see anyone. That shit's wild, bro. Yeah, you know, you got to be careful. Some people might be into that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was kind of throwing fear at Ruf- Rukia to start, and they're kind of exchanging uh, words. And Rukia asks questions, like, you know, what you know, you're trying to make everybody else afraid. What do you fear? Fear not having an effect. I don't think that was the exact answer, but I don't know. She's trying to, I think the whole point of this battle is to kind of explore her new powers. And uh, we got a pretty good look at it. Y'all want to get into it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so basically Rukia says that she has released the actual power of Sodenshiro Yuki, her Shikai, which basically lets her control temperature including her body temperature. So she's saying that she cannot be affected by fear because her body is so damn cold that she's dead. <laughs> That's is crazy nuts. to me. <laughs> she, she said that she actually had to kill herself in order to use it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's actually wild. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. she gets her body down to a freezing point where her molecules can't move, her blood can't move, nothing can move, but she uses ratio to keep herself functioning, I guess, is the right word to use? Yeah, I think, I think so. She like, controls her ratio so she can still move and, 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 and fight. And she actually says, you know, the, the side effect of her Zanpakuto getting cold is, is just from her body actually getting that cold. It's just an extension of her. Yeah, man, when she's going through different temperatures and saying what happens, that shit's crazy. She's like minus, I don't know, 25 degrees Celsius, blood freezes, minus 48 degrees Celsius. I can freeze the water in the ground and cause like ice quakes. Minus like 273. I can stop pretty much anything from moving. I mean, that's absolute zero. So she's kind of cracked. She's kind of fucking cracked now. Yes. But there, I mean, there's some pretty significant drawbacks. Like she has to thaw herself slowly and she can only go to absolute zero for uh, about four seconds before she, she herself would actually start cracking and, and falling apart. And we saw a little bit of that where her, her like thumb or her finger got cut from the cold and her not thawing herself out correctly. So she has to walk a fine line, but between actually attacking and keeping herself alive. Yeah. That's one of those things you wonder if she can get better at it. You know, I mean, you think about how far Rookie has come, you go back to like, oh God, the Soul Society invasion arc when she's just like a prisoner. Can't do anything, you know? Like, and she wasn't a, a slouch of a sword to start with, but she's like 
freaking top 10 now. You know, this ability is crazy. Easy, easy top 10. Yeah. And this, this has to be like the first time she's actually used it too. So, um, I, I, I would have been scared to death. Um, honestly, so I would have been frozen <laughs> with fear. <laughs> but, um, Here we go. That's what I'm, that's what we're going for. Um, okay, okay. but yeah, as, as don't not, not as not, uh, actually says, you know, I can still affect you because fear I don't need your body. It seeps in through the skin, but I just have to get to your nervous system because you still have to have that functioning because you're fighting. And he puts her into a fucking whirlwind. You know, she tries to close her eyes and he's like, you know what? That actually makes it fucking worse because people remember, you know, good things, but human nature, uh, I think anything that's all really lives is like, you always remember the bad things worse than what they are. Uh, no matter how good your memory, uh, your good memories are. And she kind of gets locked into her, his uh, little power there for a minute. And she's freaking out. She's got the bugs climbing all over her. And the eyes are like in that dome. That shit was freaky as fuck. I wasn't with that. It looked yeah. good. It was obviously well animated. But it was it was a little much for me. What about the sound, though? <laughs> the sound was clean. <laughs> that, that had me like, uh, you know, it, it was giving me the chills, bro. You <laughs> know, all them bugs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, to do that, um, as not had to use his Volston dig, which is like the Quincy version of a Bankai. And basically at that point he can use that new power. It was a what Tartar Tartar Foros? So they yeah. pronounce Which basically he can affect you through your optical nerves, which is fucking nuts. I mean, like, you just gotta see the motherfucker and you're done. It's a whole rap. He thought he had it too. Thank God she had that bonk up her sleeve, dude. But yes, sir. <laughs> did you? Um, uh, do we want to talk about the flashback really quick? I mean, not a lot happened, but yeah, I think it's important to at least mention it. Yeah, so it's basically a flashback to as not meeting Yuhabaha for the first time. Um, he's in a hospital bed. We're we're all assuming he's dying. You know, I mean, he's on a ventilator, like he's last legs, and uh, that's when Yuhabaha basically gives him the power of himself you know like to have this ability and uh ever since then you know it's the only person he's been afraid of is Yuhabaha. so fuck man if he's afraid the moniker of fear is afraid of a guy you know he's scary <laughs> yep yeah he, he he's he fears to be rebuked by him because he knows it's over at that point uh he he understands i think everybody that is a quincy understands like yeah if you lose or if the guy ends up not liking you it's a wrap homie's coming for you but yeah, he bestows the powers on him and we get what we see now. And like you said, he turned into the he transformer uses his Tartar Forest uh ability and then Rukia can't really even touch him with the sword because you know he says that she has like cold feet, which I don't really completely understand. I don't know if it's her ability that's doing that or if if he meant cold feet isn't like she's actually afraid now. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a plan her ability, and the dude's kind of dropping some heat with that line, you know. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Bars? Bars? But yeah, she's in this basically like, I don't know what the, what the hell are we going to call this? Like the fear world? Uh, uh, I was, yeah, the fear dome. Instead the of fear dome. dome. <laughs> <laughs> in this like crazy ass dome with like eyes looking at her from every direction. And thank God, Byakuga comes out of nowhere and uh, basically like 
cuts the fear dome in half and kind of like saves Rukia. Um, basically just brings her back to her senses a little bit, which is huge because it was going to be a wrap, but he's already going in there. And I thought it was really cool that as not was like, oh, you're using your Bankai. And he's like, oh, no, this is just my Shikai, bro. You had my Bankai. You know, this ain't it. Like, I was like, damn. <laughs> again. And it's something you saw with a lot of the Soul Reapers. Once Bankais became like a more popular thing in the show. They just relied on him. They didn't really use their Shikai's anymore. So right. seeing Byakuya use his Shikai again, which is still fucking broken. Uh, good to see. You know, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I, and I think like what he said, he's like, you know, I had to take a step away from my Bankai to like get back to the essence of my power. It, it makes sense. You know, sometimes you need to live without something to truly appreciate it and understand it. And um, I mean, that was the whole reason. The whole reason that uh, As not wanted to fight Rookie is to bring him there, but he he wasn't ready for that shit. He didn't know Rookie was that broken. I, there's no way that he could have known that she she's just so overpowered at this point. She's not regular anymore. Yeah, and I thought it was funny that Byakuya thanked him for taking his Bankai away, essentially because of this. That shit was cold. That <laughs> shit was like, cold. Yeah. I mean, Byakuya has always been a cold motherfucker, but that line hit, dude. I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. It's a and, wrap for you, my boy. And, and then, then like. Oh, go for it, Tyler. Uh, no, I was just gonna say. Um, and then, at you know, to add on to the coldness, disrespectfulness. Uh, he was just like wanting to fight Biakia so much, and he's just like, "No, I'm not the one gonna kill you. It's her." <laughs> and I'm like, "Damn, boy, <laughs> Damn. I'm not even gonna grace you with it, big dog. <laughs> You're not ready. You can't handle that shit." Yeah, yeah, but then we get uh, Ice Princess Rukia pulling out the Bankai, and like she pretty much just eats him, like with a wall of uh, you know ice, and like he, he ends up saying, "Oh, I'm really afraid. I'm afraid. Is this the end?" Um, and then it's just it's a wrap. It's that cold wall hits him. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think about Rukia's form there when she activated her Bankai? Elsa. Elsa, yes. Elsa was, <laughs> you beat me to the Ooh, frozen yo. joke. Yes. Yo. I can't remember the name of her Bankai, but that shit's awesome, man. She looks so that design is so cold. No pun intended. Like that design is awesome. It is. Yeah, I think it's one of the like best like scenes of the summer, honestly. Yeah. If, no, it was it, I, I dare call it beautiful. I mean it was it was fucking awesome. Uh, she just has like that that uh that frost all over her, and I mean even her eyes changed colors. It was it was fucking amazing. And then uh, we had Byakuga um actually recognize her as strong, and that really hit Rukia pretty hard. She's like, yeah, I'm I I got this now. There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm I'm super powerful. I'm ready to go. And as she's trying to cool off, she almost like breaks her own thumb off. <laughs> And like he's like, yeah, you got to be careful. He's like, you know, that was a ma magnificent bankai, but like it's very, very, very perilous. So be careful. Take your time, thoughting yourself out. You don't, you know. There's no reason to swing your sword if you're gonna die. And uh, hopefully that's not any foreshadowing we we get, or she really hurts herself using this, but she probably will. There's a reason that they made this bankai, I think, in this fashion for the storytelling. Oh, yeah, I think she's going to end up in that category with like Shinji and a few other guys of like, hey, you can use your Bankai, but not if there's other people around because, well, 
you're gonna kill everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i definitely think so i definitely think so but it, it was cool to see Byakuga, uh you know like give her some words of encouragement because he's usually pretty harsh uh even though you know rukia knows like they have a good, good connection yeah i mean that's probably the first time he's ever ac- acknowledged her for being strong not just a member of the kuchi clan so mm-hmm. 100 percent, 100 percent. uh i know we're a little over time for this episode not that it matters too much but you guys uh want to talk about the final scene at, at the squad four uh dormitory I guess the temporary uh, first aid station. Uh, we had Kusa Jiski and Kochkin being attacked by a stern ridder lurking in the darkness. And I really like this scene. Uh, and I can't wait till we get into it. And, you know, Kurash, uh, Kurashiki or whatever her name is, the little girl with the uh, purple hair, you know, she's pretty much just running out and trying to find medicine and bedding. And she's <laughs> like, you know, my whole strategy is like, you know, I see something, I just go grab it and I run back. <laughs> and the other girl's like, "Oh shit! I, she should probably not be doing this." You, and then, you know who she is, right? What do you mean? Yeah, the, the little girl. Yeah. Okay. Who is she? Yeah. Oh, she's a lieutenant uh, under a boy Zaraki Kimpachi. So, yeah, oh, I know that. Yeah. Oh, I was just so making you know, sure you knew she was the one that sat on his shoulders. All yeah. The time, oh, hundred you percent. Know? How could I forget okay. her? Yeah. So, you know that <laughs> makes he's gonna think, get mad. Yeah. For sure. You know, you know who I think we're getting next episode based on that. Our fucking boys. Tyler's boys coming back, dude. He's <laughs> excited. The only thing I got out of this final scene is Ken Pachi is coming back, boys. Ichigo's coming. Yes, sir. Kenpachi's coming. The the freaking uh, Quincy's need to be trembling in fear right now. That's yeah, Kenpachi's about to go crazy. Don't don't lay a hand on <laughs> no girl. It's, 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 it's gonna be a hard rap for you. It, it doesn't matter anymore, brother. I'm but so yeah, excited. It, it, excited. It made, like I knew Ichigo was coming back pretty soon, and just see them talking about Kenpachi, I'm just like it made me more excited than seeing Ichigo. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think the, the next episode of Bleach might be like the best one of the season. So, okay, all right, okay, or the the best, definitely the best one we've seen yet. Okay, cool. I, I'm ready for it. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready yes. to see my boy back. <laughs> yeah, and I like the Stone Ridder's powers as as well. Like he looks like he can like affect your memory and your vision. That ain't so it's gonna matter. Be, I th- I think it's gonna be, I think ahead. it could be a trippy experience at least until Kampachi shows up. <laughs> I was gonna say not Kampachi, dude. That ain't gonna matter. No, nah, hey, we all know Kampachi doesn't need to see. Yeah, Kampachi, Kampachi don't need to know who he is. He just knows he needs to whoop his ass. Yeah, no, he's just trying to cut something. <laughs> awesome. Well, really excited for that. Bass, we'll get us in the Zom. Yes, sir. We got Zom 100, episode five, Hero of the Dead. After having a quick dream, Akira kind of remembers, you know, what he wanted to be as a child. And he starts to pursue it this episode. And some people were calling him reckless, but me and I think the other DJs, you know, I- I'm going to call him a hero. So, like I said, the episode starts with a dream where child Akira is kind of beating up like two thugs that are well dressed. And they're picking on a fucking dog. Pieces of shit. Damn right. That had me fucking livid. Yeah, like who who the fuck does that? A dog? That's and he actually fucking... bit one of the guys on the <laughs> uh on the neck, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and he like uh plays a superhero called Akira. How would y'all pronounce that? 
Akiriger, dude. Akiriger. <laughs> Let's I, go. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't know why he picked that name, but I guess GGs. I guess. Yeah, okay. you, it works. Did you guys notice what he was getting his inspiration from for that? No, sir. Fucking Power Rangers, dude. Is that what that was? Like a <laughs> yeah. bunch of oh, Power no. Rangers? It was like knockoff Power Rangers <laughs> on the TV, and he had like his helmet had like the little Power Rangers thing yep. on the top of it. I, I was like, yes, that. my fucking boy. <laughs> dude, I love the Power Rangers growing up, man. Like, Akira's just a kid like all of us was, you know? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, Akira, Akira wakes up and he kind of sees his number 35 rediscovering my childhood dream, which is probably why he had that dream in the first place. He's trying to get in touch with his younger self. And he tells uh, Ken shows, you know what? My dream right now to mark this off is I want to be a fucking superhero. And Ken show is like, bro, what? His <laughs> reaction was hilarious. He's like, are you are you, like Spider-Man? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> He's, He's like, like, yeah, you yeah, have- yeah. So <laughs> like, you don't, you know, you don't have superpowers, my boy. But okay. I was I was kind of surprised like that Akira was so strong as like even a kid. Look, like, he was beating up some teenagers or like or some young adults, and they both like ran off. So some homeboys got some motion at the very least. Was the classic, you know, the classic thing of willpower, you know? Yes, sir. You never you keep getting back up, bro, and it just it just makes them run off because they're scared. That's what Naruto that- did. So there had to be some friendship somewhere in there. You know, that's, that's where every anime power gets every uh, anime character gets their powers the power of friendship. So it is the power of friendship. The dog. He was friends with the dog. Mm-hmm. Protecting the dog and have that dog in him. Um, but yeah, so he marked off number 35 when he realized what he wanted to do. And he wrote down number 36, become a fucking superhero, corny ass <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> so he does something very smart and they, like they go visit an aquarium. To like get his superhero costume. And we saw in the tank that there was a zombie shark. And I thought this was one of the most beautiful scenes in in the uh, well, like one of the nicest scenes that was in the uh episode. I mean, do you guys do you guys remember it or want to talk about it a little bit? The zombie uh, shark? Hell yeah, that shit was sick as fuck. Well, we had two zombie sharks. So we're talking well, one in the tank, right? The other one in the tank, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely in a tank. Yeah, it was definitely really well animated. I mean, I thought it was crazy that all the fish were zombified because that means like, I guess once one of them was zombified, like maybe a zombie jumped in a bit. One fish, it's a wrap. I mean, it's a tank. There's nowhere for yes. them to go. Like that's just really cool that they added that. Yeah, and I didn't even know that like the any animals could be zombified. So that should add some interesting play into the rest of the the, the series. I think. Well, we saw. Oh god, what episode? One of the the dog in the bus. Oh yeah, or not the bus in the the, uh, the tanker, the tanker truck mm-hmm. that was full of gasoline. <laughs> it was homie driving and his zombified dog sitting right next to him, which I thought was hilarious because a lot of truckers do have a dog that just lives in the cab with them. So I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that was a nice little detail. I, I completely forgot about that. Actually, hardly even noticed it, to be honest. All I know um, is our boy Akira has some big brain potential because he thought of going to the aquarium to get this uh, shark bot suit or whatever. That's some. That's some. That's some huge IQ plays right there. Oh yeah, um, because I mean those things do exist in real life, and I don't know why like you just wouldn't wear that all the time. 
to be honest. Uh, I don't know why Kincho didn't grab a suit for his fucking fucking self. <laughs> oh, they said there was only one. Oh, uh, give me a fucking Which, dude. That thing's got to be so expensive. I mean, it's like the carbon fiber equivalent of chain mail. Like you don't just buy ten of those. Yeah, he said it was like a mesh of titanium and high strength steel fibers. Fuck yeah. Uh, you gotta go find the factory, big dog. You gotta go find the goddamn factory. <laughs> that's that's like in the case of a nuclear explosion that you survive. The first thing you go find is that damn Twinkie factory, dude. You gotta go find the shark <laughs> shark suit factory. <laughs> Not the Twinkie factory. Jesus There's Christ. only two things that survive nuclear bombs: Twinkies and cockroaches, folks. Boom. <laughs> Getting you some facts in here. <laughs> you can bet that. That's a great episode of Family Guy. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, then then we go to the scene, uh, and it's just like people on a bus, and they're surrounded by zombies, and they're saying, you know, let's just wait it out, and the people on the bus are starting to freak out, and we, of course, somebody on the bus has already been bitten, and he's in the back of the bus freaking out, and everybody runs off, and it's a fucking mad dash, and people are getting bit, but one thing I did notice that all the zombies are starting to go for the like the jugular, they're biting you on the, the left side of the neck constantly and i thought that was a nice little detail that's uh, an easy way for uh that i think the best way for something to spread throughout your body your biggest vein and it controls your brain so uh there you go uh but we have akira saving a you know a couple of girls and you know that's when we learn about the shark bite suit and why he went to go get it and he figures out that you can still feel the force of those bites even though they're not <laughs> penetrating your skin and he pretty much gets jumped by a bunch of zombies, which I thought was fucking hilarious because he was trying to be a hero. But we saw the full suit. It kind of had the Power Ranger thing going on with the uh, the helmet with the, the spike on the top. It looked kind of like a little shark thing. Uh, can we get a drip rating, my boys? So One I do want to point out that that thing on the top was the snorkel. He was wearing a diving mask. <laughs> is, that, is that what that was? That's a snorkel? That's how a full face uh, snorkel mask works. Yeah. Oh, I don't fucking know anything about that. I ain't, <laughs> jumping, I ain't snorkeling with nobody. Hell no. Nah. Yeah, they have like a check valve in them. So water can't come in. But when you go up, you can breathe. Okay. That's cool. Oh, where, where do you get the bracelet shit? Is that part of the suit or did he just like put that on there? I'm like going to. Like or something? You know what? I'm just going to say his superhero costume was better than half the ones we see in my hero academia so drip pretty, pretty fucking high i mean that's like a solid seven and a half eight for me man that's better than deku's which is crazy that's crazy work Damn. well dark deku's got him low on the water but that's well, gonna that's get fucking messed up <laughs> um <laughs> but i i still want this drip rating boys can, oh, you, can I, you give me something give me an eight all right what about you tyler Oh shit! Uh, it's six okay. because the he looks like a, the 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 cuff things makes him look like a clown, bro. <laughs> <laughs> look added to the drip, brother. Dude, what are you talking part of the about? Drip, it dog, it's it's part of the drip. He could put on, on a red nose and he could be a clown, bro. Oof! <laughs> we got a harsh critic over here. Uh, I was uh, yeah, I was gonna give it an eight as well. It, it's, it's, it's some I thought it was pretty dripped out. Something he found in the. At the fucking aquarium. I mean, my man's really working with what he has. Was that part of the gloves? Is that what it was? I think so. Like the uh, red cuffs. I, I don't know. I don't think the gloves He's should not be feeling like that. It bro. At all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, the guy thinks like if if it had red clouds on it and it was black, it'd be ten out of ten. So facts, <laughs> facts. Or if it said fourth Hokage, it'd be a red. He'd be spitting right now. Not gonna lie. How <laughs> yeah. like I don't care what it looks like. He needs a cape. I, that would have made it better. Honestly, honestly, yeah, it would have. I might have to give him a nine if he went with the red like, cape. I'm gonna it, say though, it, just saying. If cape? I'm thinking hero, bro, I'm thinking capes. I mean, even Deku has one, so. I'm just going to say that capes are the least what's the word like useful part of this. Yeah, like they're just there to look cool and they just get in the way. I mean, that's what we got from the Incredibles, right? Yeah. The the lady said no capes. Unless you're Batman because then your cape is made out of bulletproof materials and you can like shield yourself with it. But very functional. We're kind of getting Batman vibes from Akira here because he has no superpowers. He's just thinking how to use modern technology to his advantage to fight. So I, I kind of like that. I'm fucking with it. Hardcore, he's, honestly. He's the power bat ranger, dude. Whoa. That's a lot of words. His Megazord would be a bat. Think about it. I want to I wanna go back just a little bit and bring something up. And uh, misc- risk analysis is what we're calling her because we don't know her name. Well, uh, we find out her name later on. Mm-hmm. But she was on the bus. With all these people traveling uh, to somewhere before, you know, the zombies went rampant and they run off and, and Akira had to save them, all that good stuff. But how can someone that calculates so many risks and is, goes through so much trouble to calculate risk and to keep herself from turning into a zombie get onto a bus without kind of checking out all the people on the bus? Uh, even just getting on the bus in the first place well, with a bunch of people that she doesn't know. That, she that's kinda, wild to me. She that's the talk, shit. She kind of talked about that, though. She said that the most logical way to get to the harbor was on the bus. I mean, that was probably a, that's probably a pretty decent um, distance. I don't know how long those guys were on that motorcycle, but... I mean, you know, logical doesn't mean safe, though. Yeah, I mean, you're not walking an hour, like an hour drive on your feet, so... That's a, yeah. Oh, she has a little pedal bike, so that, that's not, probably not the safest thing to do over long distances, uh, especially if she's not uh, familiar with with a certain area in her town or city. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like why she didn't like kind of look at everyone or see what was up with everything before she settled in, because one look w- would probably tell you that. Oh, this dude doesn't look right, or a chick, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, she's just pompous as shit. You know, maybe she's not as good as she thinks she is. But yeah, Kira was trying to show off for her, and he got jumped, and I thought that shit was hilarious. <laughs> and we saw like uh, Kincho like closing everybody in the uh, aquarium room, and she was just like in the background, like you know, like lurking, looking at him, like this fucking idiot. <laughs> But once he dealt with everybody after he got bitten a million times, probably got uh, used to the pain. But I couldn't imagine getting fucking bitten that hard. Uh, human human jaw strength is no fucking joke. Um, but yeah, Akira was like, yeah, she was pretty turned off by that, which is a, a, an astute assessment of the situation. But then he tries, you know, he gets safe and goes in there with everybody. And he's like, he's trying to lay a little bit of game now uh, down. And Kencho's like, you know, go talk to her. And she didn't even remember his ass at first, which I thought was <laughs> pretty sad. Um, 
And then she just kind of starts harping on our boy, not understanding, like, you know, what he was trying to do. And she actually told um, him, like, you know, people that dress up like their heroes have low self-esteem and or an inferiority complex, you know, with the, lose the fucking super suit, pretty much. I wanted to slap this lady across the face when she was going on her boy like that. I'm like, you just saved all your lives. And that's what you're going to say? Dumb bitch. Sorry. Right. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, and and like, that's how, I mean, that's what Kencho was on. He was like, yo, like, what what the fuck is your problem? You'd be dead without my boy. Show some fucking respect. Um, But, you know, she did say, like, he didn't really analyze the danger that he would be putting to, like, Kencho and people he cared about in. Like, did she have a point there? Or you guys just throwing the whole convo away no i definitely think she had a point there i mean that is something he wasn't thinking about was other people i mean his friends and that kind of thing and i think that point getting across to him is gonna be really good yes yes but the but the thing is on the other hand though that he told kencho he was gonna be a superhero and kencho went with him so that means kencho was gonna ride with him for being a superhero which means that he was okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, that's what I it, thought too. Kensho like kind of knew the risk and he was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. It's Amen. not the same as like you, like having your family, uh, be, uh, like getting, getting t- targeted or something because they don't know about it. You, you know, he knew about it. So, right. Yeah. I just thought she was being a bitch to be honest. Definitely was. That's a, that's what her <laughs> that's what her personality is right now. It really is. I hope we get some a uh, little bit more development out of her. She becomes a little bit more likable. <laughs> we'll see. It's funny. It's funny that like in episode two, we was calling her the best girl of the season, and <laughs> now we well, find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She'll never be best girl for me. That's Hell obviously no. Orihime, but. Mm, okay. Mm. But yeah, well, do, so do you guys want to get to the shark zombie? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, my so, guy. After this whole spiel, right? There's a scene where they see an ingress of water coming through, and they're like, "What the fuck's going on here?" So uh, Akira goes out to investigate, and he's looking down a dark hallway, and all he sees are red eyes, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> because, like, what's making them red? <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden this shark comes running at him and somehow three divers zombie divers got turned into a, eaten by a shark and kicked their legs out so you have a shark with six legs of flippers running around this building it was like the most ridiculous stupid thing I've ever seen in my life but terrifying this I mean, is a, mo- a fucking this- great white shark with legs. Six this, this, of them. This, this shit's mobile, dude. Like, if I saw a shark like on the land, I'd be like, "Oh, whatever, it's a shark. I, I could, I could beat a shark if it's on the land. You just punch walk it in the nose away. and walk away." Mm-hmm. But if it's got legs, like, what the fuck do you do? Motherfucker <laughs> was fast too. What? I had no. I, I like. How did he get lucky enough to eat three runners? That's what I want to know. We've seen like two runners this whole show, and he ate three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, boy, boy had some powerful legs, though. Um, yeah, so they all start scrambling and running away to a door, and uh, old risk assessment girl or risk girl uh, gets pushed down by a panicking girl, and she's about to get eaten. And Akira's like, "You know what? I think I'm him right now." And he goes out and then tries to go save her, and she still bitches him out. 
<laughs> like, I told you not to risk your life for people. It's like, bro, I'm out here trying to save your ass. And you got the fucking gall, <laughs> the unmitigated nerve to say, why am I doing this? Shut your ass up. It's wild. Shit had me tight. <laughs> I just watched this a couple hours ago. So, yeah, no, nah, I really didn't appreciate that shit. So one thing, one thing I want to mention though, if if the shark fell over, if the shark fell over, log- it it would logically it wouldn't be able to get back up, right? It'd kind of be like a turtle, yeah, like a turtle on its back. Like so how's why it, did it just no like drop kick it? Are you gonna drop kick a shark with legs? <laughs> he tried to he tackled it, right? He tried to tackle it. Tried. <laughs> yeah, but that led to um, Risk Girl coming up with a big brain play. Um, she basically goes into how a shark's nervous system is especially like affected by shocks, I believe is what it was. Well, so their like, nose is very sensitive. That's how they like locate fish and things like that. And um, they use electrical signal to do that, which is true. That's actually real life lore. Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. why you punch sharks in the nose if you're getting attacked. Yeah. <laughs> but to turn that up to 11... They come up with this big brain play of finding some batteries. So I guess putting a battery in your hand to add to the electrical impact is going to make it more intense. So they come up with this plan. Akira is going to play the um, the decoy for a bit while she finds some way to add a little little shock to the punch. And she finds a battery with a couple uh, D ba- or a flashlight with a couple D batteries in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Akira's getting pretty pretty messed up here. Like he's almost about to get taken down. And Kencho comes in with the assist of the year. He, you see him up in the same um, like heating duct that Akira came through, and he sees Akira getting in trouble. And what Kencho does is, being Kencho, he strips off all his clothes <laughs> and starts just dangling his junk. And his ass, <laughs> this asshole out, asshole out, which which was crazy, dude. The the way they they uh they censored this was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't like your classic black bar. It was just a bunch of moving squiggly lines, and it looked so funny. I was cracking up. I loved it personally. <laughs> I was cracking up. Like this show is just so fucking refreshing, man. It is. I love it. it. Yeah, it's a great palate cleanser. And I, I like that they showed like Kencho struggling about what to do. Like he even started crying because he's like, I just can't go down there and fight. I don't have a bite suit on. So he's like, you know, what? let me dangle off this AC, uh, this, uh, this AC duct. And I just, I'll just wiggle my ass. <laughs> Fuck it. That's what I do best. I get naked. <laughs> so that distracts the shark for enough time for risk assessment girl to find batteries, throw them to Akira and he comes in with the superhero named finisher move, guys. And I absolutely love this. He gets the shark's attention again. The shark charges him, and you just hear him charge up his power attack and yell crackle, thunder, punch, and punch the shark in the nose, which knocks it the fuck out. And everybody makes it out scot free, which is great to see. It would have been yeah. really sad to see somebody die here. <laughs> yeah, Especially crackle, the thunder, punch. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot going <laughs> on last episode. But Crackle Thunder Punch was a—I uh, I thought it was a great name. Uh, Risk Assessment Girl did not think so, but I thought it was gas. And the scene was fucking phenomenal. It was very well animated. I'm starting to think that like anything that Risk Girl doesn't like, I like. So 
<laughs> well, Fair enough. I'm, I'm yeah. fuck with that. Yeah, from the standpoint of a viewer, we want to see cool shit or funny shit. So, like, obviously, what she wants to do is lame. You know, yeah. like it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, fuck Miru, you and your spreadsheet. <laughs> but yeah, so they defeat the shark. They get out of there, and they're kind of walking back. And you know, Akira can mark number thirty-six off his checklist already. One day, he banged two of them out real quick. And again, he's like trying to bring on a little Riz, get her contact info. And she's just not about it. She's just not about it. And she sees this notebook and he's like, we're just not compatible. Your list is a hundred things you want to do before becoming a zombie. And my goal is to not become a zombie. So like we can't team up. It doesn't make sense. But Akira comes in with the all time line. Hey, hey. He he breaks it out and he says, you're someone precious to me. You know, I'll save you even if I wasn't trying to be a superhero. And this girl got so red in the face, like she twitched. Like she was like, (laughs) whoa. Yeah, she wasn't ready for the Riz. And homie, homie gets the digis. She pulls out her QR code of their contact info and boys got some game. Yes, sir. (laughs) He got the email, the cell phone number. The Twitter, he got it all. The LinkedIn, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got it all. <laughs> but I guess going off of that, guys, uh, what do we think Akira's chill to pull ratio is? Because he's a chill ass. Yeah, I- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven three right now. Chill to pull. Um, but it's definitely up from what it was. His pull was extremely low before this episode. I was gonna say before this episode, he was like a nine, and I think he's probably a little closer to like a seven five now. Like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you somewhere know. around there. Ideal is five to five chill, chill to pull, but uh, he's getting there. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, he's not pulling good. You know, he doesn't have a lot of game, but when it comes to being the hero, he's got that in his bag, and that'll go a long way. Mm-hmm, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I guess the only other thing I, I want to bring up, what did you guys think about Kencho's blonde hair? Do we like it? I, I think it. it, yeah. I thought I mean, it was kind of fly. I think I think it fits him. Like he wants to stand out, obviously, because mm-hmm. of comedian and uh uh his uh, personality and uh actions that he does, he wants to stand out. And that, that'll make him sound even more having blonde hair. So true, I mean, true. He went he went to like a two on the chill to pull ratio. He is all pole, no chill now. Like simple. <laughs> I'm glad he remembered to dye his eyebrows because I always hate when people dye their hair, but they don't dye their eyebrows. Yeah. And you can just tell it's like, bro, you fake. (laughs) And um, yeah, I liked that he kept like the brown shaved sides where he had his fade. But when it got longer, it was all blonde. Yeah, he did a great job. Clean. That's clean. Yeah, it's clean as fuck. I'm surprised they did that on a roof. I mean, I mean they, they must have a department store very close or they must be well, on top of one I mean there was no mirror there that you could see like that that's, that's a pretty true. good job pretty good job that's true yeah <laughs> but I, I thought risk assessment girl um, and Akira made a really good team because you know she can kind of like okay is this actually safe enough to attempt but Akira's always like yeah I'm on go let's us do this shit so I thought it was a really cool team up episode boy also got the digits so we'll be seeing her again hopefully I think so. Why would he? Why else would he get the digits? You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, she's in the she intro. Done. She'll be back. Yeah, she'll be done. I really think that Akira 
can change her to be a little bit more relaxed. And maybe, maybe she can change him to like think a little bit more about the shit he does. The like he don't need to think a whole lot more. Just, just, just a little bit, a little bit. Hey, man, the stick is slowly getting pulled out of her ass. You know? Yeah, slowly. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's got a stick up her ass, dude. That's it. Oh, one hundred percent. Awesome, Tyler. You want to get us into uh, Kenshin? Yeah, we're gonna do Roroni Kenshin episode six, uh, Kurigasa. Tokyo is in danger due to a master swordsman killing former imperialists. When Kenshin learns of this man, he does every, everything he can to stop him, including becoming the target himself. So, this episode basically starts off with the team uh, having some grilled fish and uh, Kaike. I, I always forget it. Kairu? Is that it? Yeah, Kairu. Yeah. That's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kairu was the one who cooked the fish, and apparently she's not a good cooker. Apparently, and based on <laughs> what we see, and Sanasuke is complaining about her uh, attempt at cooking, and Kench is just like, "Yo, it, it gets better every time. Each time you eat, it gets a little bit better." <laughs> yeah, and I love how Sana was like, uh, "Oh, so it's like a delicacy." <laughs> and they're like yeah sure that's what we call it <laughs> you I'm just get to used wonder. to this suck I'm starting to wonder if it gets better or if they just getting used to it I don't no, know it's a, it's a 100% of them that get used to it <laughs> how Oro? the fuck do you how, how do you mess up grilling a goddamn fish man <laughs> seasoning no seasoning is very important guys don't forget yeah, maybe they should stop going in the hot pot and get some seasonings. Maybe <laughs> maybe she dropped the salt shaker in there. I don't know. Or maybe she lost well, it. Who knows? I'm gonna, I will say, every time Kensho ran errands, it was for soy sauce and like three other things that were all the seasoned foods. So maybe she's just se- over-seasoning. I don't know, man. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I, I do want to point out that uh, when my movers were moving me, uh, one guy picked up a box. He's like, what the fuck is in here? And I was like, those are... that's." seasonings he's like and your pots and pans it's like no bro that's just the seasoning cabinet <laughs> <laughs> my mom just busted out laughing i just had to say that but i, I said pl- i'm a certified chef bitch <laughs> <laughs> gotta have my seasonings big dog gotta have my seasonings <laughs> oh shit but yeah the uh police chief was asking kenshin uh I guess they come by and started asking Kenshin if uh, they could help him out and defeat a guy or help him like uh, be a bodyguard, I guess, or something like that. Um, Kurigasa. And apparently this dude is after former imperialists and that are active in politics, economics, and the government. And basically his whole goal is just to assassinate, just to kill. He he really enjoys killing. And assassination is his job title. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if there's innocent around or not. He he enjoys killing everyone around. And that's yes. kind of wild, so Yeah, he's he's a he's a sick son of a bitch. Um yeah, yeah the police chief is like getting him to guard um tani which is like a politician in the in tokyo 
And uh, I think Kitchen had heard of this guy before, at least like the technique he uses, because, you know, he's like, I forget what the technique's name is, Shinno Ippo. He's like, yeah, I've heard of this before, and I think it might be this, this Kurogasa guy. And they're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's him. That's him. And he used to be a, a, a manslayer back in the, the revolution as well. Used to be. I mean, he is. Yeah, he's a sick right, dude? Yeah, and the police chief is even like, yeah, he he intentionally like waits till we have our forces in check, and he just carves through them because he he just loves doing it. And and bro, so far in two weeks of showing up in Tokyo, has killed thirty four men and wounded fifty six. Ninety men down. Bro's trying to score a hundred like he's fucking Wilt. <laughs> and that's a little scary. That's a little scary, man. You know, you know what was interesting to me that they brought up um, going off of this is that they said that he joined the, um, I forget their names, not the Imperialists, but the other army, I believe. The Shogunate? Uh, yeah, he joined their army um, in order to just kill, be being able to kill legally. And he killed so many like innocent people or whatever that he got kicked out or he was going to be put on trial or whatever. And he ran away. He hid for a minute and then joined the other side and started doing the same shit. This is, this is how bad this man wants to kill just people. He's a sick fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It said he was a member of the Shinsengumi, which is essentially the military police under the Shogunate. Like, in Feudal Japan, they're the only ones allowed to carry... Like, sorry, in this scenario where swords are banned, they're the only people allowed to carry swords. You see it all the time in, like, older Japanese-style animes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Kenshin actually you knows him. He's like, yeah, this guy is particularly fascinated by the smell and color of blood. So bro just wants to make people bleed. Like it doesn't get more degenerate than that. Like it's fucked up, and not our kind of degenerate. It's that other shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so I kind of forgot about Gene when I like from watching this so long ago. Mm-hmm. And the minute I saw his face, I was like, "Oh God, here we go! It's this guy." You know, I was yeah. hyped. I was like, "Oh, we're getting some good fights finally! Like really good fights." Yes, this is it. It gets it gets it ramps up a lot here, Tyler. It's it's gonna get really really interesting the next few episodes. Well, I ain't gonna lie. Like um, the first uh, five episodes, you know, they've been okay. They've been pretty mm-hmm. decent. Um, felt like you know a lot of uh, story building, all that good stuff. But it feels like we're fixing to go into like the top tier episodes, you know, because. This is someone that Kenshin, like, we don't know if he's going to be able to beat or not. You know, um, that's 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 the sort of vibes it's giving off. Everyone else, we've kind of known that, hey, Kenshin's got this. You know, he's, he's going to pull up. He's going to demolish him. He's going to go home at the end of the day. But um, we'll get into it later why we think, why we have these uh, thoughts. Because, you know, stuff happens later on in the episode, so... Definitely. Yeah, so um, basically the police chief takes uh, Kenshin and Sonosuke over to this guy's house. His name's Tani, like we said. And Tani's kind of making fun of the police chief. Like, I don't need extra help, man. I hired all this famous group of fighters, the Jusan Rotani of the ground troops. Like, you know, these guys are badass. 
And Kenshin and Sanosuke just start giving him some shit. He's like, oh, I remember you. I had to protect you a while ago. And then Sanosuke is like, I've beaten up every single one of these fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Tani was trying to talk his shit. He's like, I had to survive a, a hail of arrows, swords, and uh, bullets. I made it through the war. I'm him. Did you know? And then, and then Kenshin like, pulls up, hey, dude, you got some balls now. I remember you were cowering behind me as I was protecting you. Yeah, From that shit was funny stuff. to me. <laughs> and just like seeing Kitchen's face as he's talking about that, because like you know, he knows he's being a, a a dick, but like he's just saying it like in the most sincere way possible. Oro, a lot of oro, big oro, <laughs> a lot of a lot of oros. <laughs> so, how long did it take you guys to? I mean, before Kitchen and Sanusuke showed up, how long did it take you? At least you, Tyler. To figure out that these guys were gonna get clapped immediately. Uh, which which ones the uh the all the, the minion troops. dudes? Yeah, Little I mean boys. they shouldn't even been there. Honestly, <laughs> 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 let's just let's just be honest. You know what I mean? They shouldn't even been there. They just they just like they said, the uh, they was in the way. So actual fodder. Yeah. So before uh, Kirogasa shows up, uh, Jen, Sano is kind of asking Kenshin, like, you know, he was surprised he accepted this mention, uh, this mission. Like, did you guys understand that conversation? I didn't really understand why he asked them that and why he thought that. Yeah, I think I think it has to do with something with Kenshin's character. I mean, you know, he's looking for the one or two people who can help, like the common man. They can make a difference, but. I think he accepted this mission just because he knows how much Gene or Kuris, Kurigas, whatever we're going to call him, mm-hmm. can be a menace. And like, he doesn't care if you're a civilian. He doesn't care if you're like a top dog. Like, he's just, he's just out there to kill. So right. I think he knows that he has to put an end to this. And I think that's the reason he accepted it, you know? Okay. That makes sense. But yeah, uh, before Kenshin can spill the, ge- uh, the beans about the Shinno Ippo, kind of that like paralyzation technique. Kurigasa slash Jin shows up in the windowsill after taking out a couple of the guards in the courtyard and calls everybody daredevil insects, which I think is one of the most <laughs> most disrespectful things you can call another man, uh, especially people that are hired to, to kill you specifically, and starts counting them off. He says, uh, 14, 15 insects. And <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but if somebody calls me a fucking insect, I'm squaring up. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, dude. And I'm a man just like you. I'm a grown ass man. Fuck you, mean. Yeah, and I get dropped by old boy over here, uh, Kurigasa. (laughs) Well, you you gotta think that Kurigasa's next step was to use the Shinno Info, which is basically just his fighting spirit being so dominating that it paralyzes you in fear and you can't move. So, like, at that point, you're not squirting up on shit. You're standing there. <laughs> you're standing there pissing your pants, dude. If that even works, like, you're that scared. Nah, I ain't, I ain't gonna be subject to that bullshit. I mean, you saw how Kenshin had to break out of it. He literally had to, like, flex, flex up. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. get his fighting stance to break out of that, you know, the mesmerization <laughs> of all that. Like, it's just terrifying. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then we got Tani like offering quintuple for Kurosaka's head. And I was like, bro, that's not going to do anything. These guys aren't it. They're not, they're not him. You're you're just trying though. 
You're just saying, hey, go throw yourself to the slaughter a little faster, man. Maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> and you, you will not get lucky. four gold coins instead of one, please, sir, for your life. <laughs> and you will not get lucky. You will be dead. Oh. Um, Dan, I know you watched the original uh, Rurouni Kenshin. Like, did you like Kurosaka's design? Yeah, and I thought I, it was... got a little bit of an update. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got a little bit of an update. Um, I thought they stayed true to it, though, which is good. I liked that, yes. you know? Um, it's just, he's still terrifying. So it's good to see that, but I thought they did a really good job with it. Yeah. Um, Tyler, did you like the design as well? Yeah. He seemed scary and freaky. So I think yeah. that's what they was going for. I'm pretty sure. So true. True. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's his whole angle there. Um, him being, you know, a former well, a man slayer, I should say. Um, kind of what they, I thought they, they did well was like in the, in the original anime, he had more like of a boxy face. He looked like more like a normal person. And this one, they made his, his head very slender and it just makes him look even more creepy because he has like no jawline. It's just coming straight down from this, you know, the, the, the top of his head. And I thought that was a really cool detail. Uh, it made him look more menacing and more animalistic in a way. Yeah, I remember the old design had like you could see his cheeks actually see his cheeks, and now it's just like right. a box, you know. Mm -hmm. So I really like that little detail. Um, I think a lot of the other characters look pretty much the same. You know, the animation's obviously a, a higher quality at this point. It's twenty twenty three, but yeah, they they changed him a little bit, and I thought it was a good change. Yeah, I just looked up a picture of him, and that's that's quite a bit of a difference, honestly. Yeah, man. Okay. They kept the outfit, changed the face. But yeah, Kenshin knows he has to keep up his. I think he called it the time was his sword aura, or I guess his fighting spirit is what he called it later to continue fighting. And Sano actually broke free from the Shinno Ippo. And like, um, he ends up saving Tani by smashing uh, Jin's sword with a fucking statue. You know, our man's yoked. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Kenshin follows up with the goddamn dome shot. That shit hurt. Uh, <laughs> and I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty cool sequence there. It happened quick. It was snappy. The choreography I think is a little bit better than it was in the in the original, where it was more like flashes and we're kind of seeing some some motion while they're fighting and actually hitting each other. But yeah, Kurogasa they have a little exchange and Kenshin gets cut, so we actually understand that um, Kurosaga is on Kenshin's level. This guy's a real threat. Um, Kenshin hits him too, but it's an equal exchange. And Kenshin knows like, I have to be careful with this guy. But after that happens, Kurosaka actually says, "You know, I'm gonna change my target to you, Kenshin. I haven't had this much fun since the war, bro. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready." And he said he better get a true sword um, before he returns. See, I I didn't really get that because this man is telling Kenshin to get a true sword before he comes back to get him, but. Yet his true sword that he had got cut in half by um broken half by uh old boy with a statue. So who's well, got the true sword? Well, it's the <laughs> fact that Kenshin has a reverse blade, so he doesn't have a true sword for fighting in that sense. Oh, yeah. true. Okay. Which is why he just bruises the shit out of people and breaks their bones because he's hitting you with a freaking just a steel rod basically half the time. Exactly. Yeah, so and, like, he, and when Kenshin hit him in the forehead, like he would have died if he had a real sword. And he's saying, "You're not going to be able to take half measures with me." 
Like you gotta you gotta bring it all out. You you know you can't defeat me if you don't go one hundred percent. It makes me wonder if we're actually gonna see him have to do it. You know what I mean? Nah, that ain't Kenshin. <laughs> that ain't Kenshin. <laughs> he's still off of fighting, so unless it was to protect, so it'd be he's not. I feel like he's not gonna get a real katana or anything like that. You know. I mean, yeah. clearly his his can cut. You know, it's just you know the he uses it. the other side. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna flip the blade around. Yeah. You got to think fighting with a sword backwards. I mean, if you think about it, the blade is going to be facing the wrong direction. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the top of it is sharpened. So it's got like the, I don't know you want to call it the shaft. It's like a or, sickle type. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. So like, it's not as effective versus a normal sword, you know? But yeah. So after that, you know, um, Kuragasa basically flees and we go back to the dojo or, but we don't go back to the dojo yet. Kenshin basically asks Sonosuke a favor to watch over the dojo. He's not coming back for a while because he doesn't want to put uh, Kaoru and Yahiko in danger. So we get a scene at the at the dojo, and Kaoru is basically asleep. Like she's been up all night waiting for them. She's very worried, obviously. And she wakes up to find Sonosuke, and she's like, "Oh, where's Kenshin?" He's like, "Oh, he's he's not coming back for a while. You know, like he just want to put you guys in danger." And she kind of has this like panic attack because him being, you know, Ronin, is he going to come back or is he going to go find a new path to walk? Because, I mean, he's just a wandering swordsman. Um, and she gets very worried about that. And she basically goes to look for Kenshin because she really just doesn't want him to leave. Like, she's enjoyed having him around and everything else. I mean, there's, you know, probably little sparks in the air, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Even though he's 10 years she, older than her. Yeah, Paul. she was like a... <laughs> She she was like uh, I don't want to be left alone again. So yeah, she she's she's feeling it right now. She just doesn't want him to wander off after he does what he has to do. So we got a little uh, sneak peek when uh, Yahiko and Sana were talking. Uh, I think our boy uh, Kurogasa was hiding behind the fence, listening, trying to get some intel. And she realizes that. I mean, he realizes that you know they they're going to be down by the the river. The, the riverside, um, the riverbank, because that's that's kind of where it goes down for sword fighters, I suppose. The bateau side, that's where they hang out. They go to the river to fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's out of the city. You know, it's not going to put people in danger. I mean, that's why they went through in the first time. You know, they didn't want to damage the dojo, so. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. also said it's easy to escape if you're about to lose your life. You just jump in the river and go down the river. Well, that's true. Um. Yeah, so... Kairu kind of pulls up on Kenshin. It's like, yo, like, you really going to leave me? And he was like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I got bigger things to worry about right now, yo. Get off my jock. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back if I'm back, baby. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, they have that whole discussion and Kairu, to make sure that Kenshin comes back, gives... Kenshin, her indigo ribbon. To, her favorite indigo ribbon. To ribbon. borrow and says, you better bring this back to me. So, I mean, she's just, you know, she's solidifying her spot there. But of course, dumb, dumb move to make. Gina comes out of nowhere and just... <laughs> this player hating ass motherfucker. <laughs> Habitual line stepping ass motherfucker, bro. <laughs> 
As soon as as soon as Karu says, "Okay, I'll go back to the dojo," this man comes flying down on a fucking paddle boat, and Tane shakes her ass, bro. I thought that shit was so funny, dude. That boat was going so fucking fast, like <laughs> it looked like a remotely calm river, and all of a sudden the boat's going like twenty miles an hour. <laughs> Dude, he was just moving, bro. I don't know. He wasn't paddling. He was standing up on it. I was so confused. Bro got some momentum on that shit. Oh, boy. But, but yeah, I, think, he, I, I think we got a, a candidate for player hater of the year right here. He couldn't let him have the moment, bro. I, I'm, I'm loving the energy, though. I'm really loving it. But yeah, on his way out, he throws basically the assassination documentation, or whatever we're going to call it, to Kenshin. And it tells him where he's going to be. And Kenshin is looking fucking something else right now at the end of this episode. He's looking fierce. He's in full on demon mode. So I'm really excited for the next episode. Because I think we're going to be getting some really good sword fights. Yeah, and another thing that I would like to bring up, what I was talking about earlier, is that uh, one of the reasons why I think it's kind of iffy for Kenshin right now is he brought up the th- fact that, you know, if Kairu was there and he was having to, like, worry about her and try to protect her, there's no way he could beat uh, beat Jin-A. So, um, because he's going to have to go 100%. And he can't go 100% if he's trying to protect someone else. Did you just say so. Jin-A? Yeah. Like, yeah. like no, jin <laughs> is, is Tom Hanks showing up to this fight? I did I no hope so. Too. <laughs> it's just going to be a run-in. Every, every time I've said, I've said Kurogasa, but I was like, I'm going to say jin <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a good point, uh, Tyler. Yeah. Kenshin thinks he's got to go all out. He, uh, in and Jen is like trying to make him go back to his old ways. And it looks like he's succeeding because like Kenshin was like, you bastard. We don't really see Kitchen get like too riled up or cuss or anything like that. So like he had that look in his eyes like he was ready to kill that motherfucker. Yeah. Don't be messing with his girl like that. <laughs> Definitely. Bro doesn't play by his. Well, I guess we're going to find out next week, buddies. Next episode of Dragon Ball Z. I'm excited. We- we need more announcers like that, dude. Just saying. <laughs> awesome. You guys ready to get into 1072? Show me something. All right. So last but certainly not least, let's get into One Piece episode 1072. We're closing in on 1100, guys. This is nuts. The Ridiculous Power, Gear 5 and Full Play. So Luffy is still exploring Gear 5 as he fights Kaido and catches his second win. Meanwhile, Kaido is really pretty confused about the gum gum fruit and its true powers. So we started off the episode with a little reintroduction to Gear 5, some of the past fight scenes, not going to get into that. But one thing Kaido notices is that his paramecia, quote-unquote, fruit has awakened, but he's really confused by the transformation. Because only Zoans can do that. Little does Kaido know that we know the true name of this fruit. Yes, the sir. Hito, the Hito Hito Nomi mythical model Nika. Which is like a crazy just Zoan Paramecia combo breaker right here. But the episode starts off with some really hilarious action. Luffy gets eaten by Kaido. 
and he's trying to bring back his moki 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 muscle form and Kaido chomps him down and swallows him whole and all <laughs> we see is Luffy going down Kaido's throat intestines whatever we're going to call it I don't know the anatomy of a 30 meter long dragon but fair, fair. it's just this scene where it's dark and all you see is Luffy's eyes blinking and then homie looks like he's going down a fucking water slide having the time of his life before he finally hits the bottom and decides to go like he's punching his way down you see his hands his feet coming through like Kaido's skin which he's turning to rubber when he touches it there's one scene where you see Luffy's face come through Kaido's skin like this shit's so ridiculous <laughs> And he finally gets to the bottom. And what does he do? He does a gum gum balloon. It makes, makes Kaido look like he swallowed a bowling ball. And is bouncing his ass around left and right. And this shit's so fucking ridiculous, guys. Yeah, I... You know, you guys have read the manga, so you kind of know what, knew what to expect. But... What the fuck am I watching? (laughs) Like, I'm enjoying this. Like, it's fun. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, this is crazy, boy. I'm just going to say, you were the one who was complaining that One Piece was getting a little too serious. Yeah, I'm down. Like, I'm so down. (laughs) And it just went to the other end of the spectrum. (laughs) It wasn't like it got a little funny. It was like, okay, we're going all the way. Here's Tom and Jerry. Straight fucking Tom and Jerry Looney Tunes. 1960 in this hoe, and I'm loving it. Like I, I'm, I'm really eating this up. Uh, I am a little disappointed that like Luffy's Luffy's not like absolutely stomping Kaido right now, uh, but he is making him like a complete fucking fool. But I mean, he's just he's just having fun, man. Yeah, there's also a reason why he's not just like demolishing Kaido. You gotta you gotta remember that you know Luffy Luffy died. He's on his last legs, and he this is the first time he's got the thing, so he's not in control right. of it. So. He's got a lot of things going against him right now. And Kaido, he's still, like, even though Luffy's been hitting him pretty hard, but he's still, you know, at a pretty good level, you know, like, as far as health goes, I guess you can say. So Kaido definitely has a lot left in the tank, it seems. Yeah. He's he's, he's getting hit really hard, and he's just getting back up. Yeah. Um, Until about the middle of this episode, like, he was getting getting back up really, really quickly. Um, but yeah, Kaido even says himself, he's like, you know what, playing around with kids is it's very tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. And uh even it was funny because I was thinking it the whole time. But Kaido was even like, you know, this is like a fucking comic strip. Like what what who am I fighting right now? <laughs> Looks straight out of a comic, dude. But so yes. after Luffy, Luffy bounces him around a little bit. You see Yamato coming up on the roof with Momo and they're like what the fuck is going on right now they're so confused and Luffy uses his next attack I don't remember what he calls it but it's basically two gum gum pistols and he throws them literally through Kaido's eyes grabs onto his nose and does gum gum escape a rocket while still is this giant balloon and shoots through Kaido it was ludicrous (laughs) none of this was I was just like, I was just yelling yo the whole time that was happening. I was like, yo, what is going on right now? You know, like none of this was on my bingo card, but that was probably the wildest thing I've seen in, in One Piece. 
Like when when did I ever expect to see Luffy put his his hands through somebody's pupils and grab their <laughs> nose so he could open Inside. their mouth? Yeah, I, no idea, no idea. <laughs> so he launches out of Kaido and he's up in the sky. You know, he shoots out like literally a balloon. He lets all the air out of him. He flies up in the sky. And all we see is like lightning and the shadow of Luffy just getting bigger and bigger and bigger until Luffy is like a hundred feet tall and he uses gum gum giant and Kaido charges and bites onto him. But Luffy, this is the scene I've been waiting for a year to be animated. I've wanted to watch this so fucking bad. Luffy grabs Kaido and starts using him like a jump rope. The amount of disrespect in this fight has been so fucking funny. Like you're using one of the four emperors as a jump rope, guys. Dan Dan has literally been talking about it for like like three weeks, I think. He's like, yeah, we, I can't wait. I can't I, wait. I can't wait for the jump rope, dude. I, I literally like just texted Tyler, jump rope. <laughs> Next episode, bro, jump rope. <laughs> And you've got Yamato and Momo the whole time. Like, he sounds like Luffy, but he doesn't look like Luffy. What's going on here? Yeah, I thought this was actually probably like the best visual that we got in the whole episode, at least to me, where Yamato was like running onto the roof and you kind of heard her clocks going. I guess her sandals going. And then you like, you see her stop and look at the sky and it's like just Kaido flying on the sky and coming back towards her a little bit. And I just thought that was a beautiful little scene right there. Um, you know, I, don't, I think it was a low-key beautiful scene. They did a really, really great job there. They yeah, really th- did. Oh, definitely. I mean, there was some really good animation in this episode. So Luffy basically just jump ropes Kaido to hell and gets hit with a blast breath. But during that, he smashed him in the ground, which causes, like, essentially part of the roof to fall and a bunch of the guys down below. And Law and Kid, like, realize that, holy shit, it's Straw Hat up there. He's still going. Kaido's still going. Nothing's really changed. They start to realize that, like, everybody's going to die from this fire, man, unless Luffy wins this pretty quick. So still still a pretty serious tone going on in the background, you know? Yeah, we got a uh, buddy with the, uh, the, the fucking Nika fruit here uh, just laughing his ass off, covering his eyes while everybody's getting burnt to shit downstairs. It's a that's that's one hell that's a crazy other side of the coin right there, and that's Is, also like why I'm like maybe not like confused but like a little surprised by like how lightly he's taking it. Um, well, but that's just part of the power, I believe. Yeah, so it's like I said. So one of the things with Zoan awaken transformations is like you remember the three the four jailer monsters in Impel Down who had awakened their devil fruits and they were just mm-hmm. mindless animals. Mm-hmm. It's because if you can't overpower the basically the soul of the fruit that you've awakened, it takes over. So Luffy's kind of just being Nika right now. He's in okay. a better he's in a better position than the Zoan boys down in Impel Down, but you know he's lost a little bit of his personality there, and he's Nika's taken over. Obviously, as we can see by just the uh, what forty minutes of laughing we've had to watch now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um... Yeah, and something to point out when when Shafat Hat Luffy's like face goes through the the rooftop of Onigashima and come, he comes back up and kind of does like a counter 
attack. After that, kind of literally asked him, he's like, who are you? And uh, I thought it was pretty cool that like Kaido actually realized like Luffy's not all there. That's not just him fighting him. So that's a that's a good t- detail to notice. I don't think I think we mentioned it last. You guys mentioned it last episode, like where the uh, manga did a better job of like making people realize like that that's not just him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't remember if they explained it or not, but like it could have just been Twitter kind of like you know bringing that part up about Impel Down again last time. But okay, it's cool to see. I mean, that's that's kind of what happens with the Zoans. You know, I mean, if. Kaido awakened his, you know, his dragon rage would be a lot stronger, probably. Got it. But yeah, so, uh, you know, we get a little flash of down below. Chopper calling for the straw hats. Nami protecting Tama. Nami saying the next person to come down to the roof would be Luffy, you know? <laughs> Let's go. But so Luffy gets back up and uh, they're fighting again. And Kaido comes at him with a pretty intense attack. The conqueror of three worlds, Ragnaraku. <laughs> and hits Luffy in the head with this thing. And all I could think of was the frying pan scene from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> so Luffy literally has just spikes through his face and his face is permanently like indented. Like he got hit with this spiky club. <laughs> and he's just running around screaming that hurt, that hurt, that hurt. And the visual was just so good. <laughs> <laughs> Was that was that the time when like all these straw hats had the uh uh email faces? Oh, even their eyes were all popping out. That was yeah. that was last episode, right? Where he came no, I down. I think to that the was roof. this episode. Oh, they did it again. I yeah, remember. this was this episode. Like, yeah, where they were all like all up against each other with like the eyes popping out of their head. Yeah, because yeah. remember, oh boy, uh, in Discord was like, uh, do they all just get the powers now or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no it's it's luffy's ability to affect the world around him you know that's the power of the nika fruit it, like like i like i've been saying all along it's luffy's world and we're just living in it right now <laughs> yes that's 100 <laughs> percent. but yeah so after that luffy for a moment kind of turns back into his not gear five form and homie is looking atrocious he's looking down bad he looks like a 90 year old man and yeah, the, the saturation got turned down to like five. He was Not very great. pale, very pale. I mean, his clothes were even pale. <laughs> <laughs> but then he remembers who he's fighting for, and we got him talking. And he remembers Momo, Tama, Kinemon, and of course Pedro, who died during um, Whole Cake Island. So you know, let the Straw Hats go on because he knew that they were going to be the ones to save Wano, which was an awesome scene. But um, Luffy gets right back into gear five. Kaido's like, you know, this is going to kill you. And he's basically like, yeah, so <laughs> what's up, bud? Let's get at it. <laughs> I don't care to die. Yeah, I'm not afraid to die. It was, it was an awesome scene. But that animation where Luffy's coming back up into gear five was just fucking awesome. I don't know if I've seen another animation like that it was just it was just so good yeah uh, yeah so w- would y'all say the same oh that that scene was so clean yeah i, I think so and then also like <laughs> luffy thinking about the people like that he was fighting for that combined with the visuals was it hit heavy and then they incorporated like like 
colors. They incorporated like a lot of colors. It kind of reminded me like what Zom 100 does. But I think the colors were supposed to like represent like, I guess, freedom or something like that. Liberation. I think that's what they were going for with it. And it was the same time that the drums started up again. Yeah. And fuck, I just want those drums playing in my life all the time, dude. <laughs> yeah, that shit was lit, bro. That shit was lit. Um, he, like, turns, like, a lot of the ground around him into rubber as well. And, like, he's just feeling free again. Bro's got a little bit of gas left in the tank. And he's, he's ready to go. Yeah, and we got a scene where Kaido says he's never seen anything like this. I mean, fighting so freely, using, like, both color of a supreme king or conquers hockey and armament hockey like just without even thinking about it at that point you know like he's just he's just in his game right now he's in his bag mm-hmm. and like he even like um when he's doing like the gum gum uh counter blow like he literally throws up the ground oh, like above him like it's a fucking wave of water and i thought he was just gonna make it like crash down on kaido which i think would have been a sick scene but he uses it as like a the inside of a fucking pinball machine <laughs> to hit Kaido. It was nuts, man. Oh, dude, all I can think of is when you see those videos of the people on those giant uh, inflatable like uh, platforms you put on the water, and you have someone sit on one end, and then the other person jumps the other end and it launches them like 50 <laughs> yeah. feet in the air. It's like, oh shit, Luffy's going at him right now. Mm-hmm. And they did, but, they did, then he did like the little charge up attack where he counts down to zero. And literally punches through Kaido's head. And Momo and Yamato like, yo, bros him right now. Like, they, they, like he, he's really beating this man's ass. But this is the first time we actually see Kaido down. And like after that attack, Kaido's just lying there. And it looked just like Katakuri and Doflamingo lying on the ground like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, you're, if like you haven't read the manga, you're like, oh, is this the end? Is this the end? Like, is he down like those guys were? Definitely not. Definitely not. We're getting more of this shit. It's going to keep going. And I'm so happy it is. But the entire time Kaido's lying there, only thing Luffy's singing is like, oh, what do I name that attack? Gum gum. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just lovely. He's coming up with these dick. names. Yeah. I just love he's coming up with these names on the fly. And they're all so funny. <laughs> there's probably like other important things you should be doing right now luffy instead of trying to name your uh latest gear so right like how, how about you finish him off and like we save the land of wano big fella <laughs> now nah, let the fight continue i want to see more <laughs> uh i thought the animators like did a really a lot better job with like the tune forces episode like you know making like the scenes where he's being wacky and like t- you know actual tune like uh, like drawing them out a little bit more so we can understand what's happening. Uh, and I really did appreciate that about this episode. I thought it was a, a, it was way better for me understanding what was going on. What about you boys? Yeah, I definitely liked it. I mean, there were scenes that reminded me of the old Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. Like when he was just like bouncing off back and forth on the, uh, on the whatever you want to call it thing he made to punch Kaido. I was like, oh, this looks like it's just out of like the old Saturday morning Sonic cartoon, which had a lot of slapstick shit like this in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh, this is bringing me back to my childhood, dude. I love this so much. <laughs> Very good. But uh, is there anything else from the episode we, we needed to cover? No, it was, I, I don't think so. I think it was a really fun episode. I know there was a scene where Zunisha did say that I felt like Joy Boy was actually here and he was really excited about that. So 
we got the drums of liberation going, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like wondered why, like Zunisha said, like it feels as as if Joy Boy was here when he said like last episode that he was here. I'm just a little confused by that, but yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those tough things where it's like when this came out in the manga, all the Naruto fans were given One Piece fan shit for all the reincarnation stuff, but it's more the shared the passed down share of fate kind of thing, you know, where like he's just the next embodiment of Joy Boy. He's not necessarily Joy Boy reincarnated, you know? Okay, okay. Fair enough. I think I think the last episode maybe uh Zoe was just so ex- excited to feel the presence of what he thought was Joy Boy. Mm-hmm. And I think now he realizes that it's not truly Joy Boy. It's, you know, I, you know, it's Luffy, you know, and Nika, whatever. So got it. Understood, boys. Understood. Awesome. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this weekly rundown. We'll be back on Thursday with a couple fun topics to talk about. I believe we're watching a movie, so that'll be exciting. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. And like Bass said, beginning of the podcast, make sure to rate the podcast on whatever platform you're on. It helps us out a lot, and it takes 30 seconds of your day. Drop that little five-star, write two words, calls calls pretty attractive guys. We'd enjoy that. Especially Bass. <laughs> Especially Bass. Bass is getting told he's pretty. Yeah, As do we, do we all. <laughs> I think Bass has already got one review saying he's he's a hunk. So that's true. That's I mean, true. He wants he more. Lying. So the streets is telling the truth. It's it's <laughs> it's from his account. Don't let him lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> but awesome, guys. We'll catch you guys on Thursday. Peace. See y'all.